0: How might things change for you if you started to focus on your behavior and not your goals, your daily actions rather than the eventual outcomes? Would you consider a different approach to achieving success that does not involve setting specific goals? Well, we'll try it out on you this hour, see what you think. Uh, please be joined now by Reggie Rivers um, to discuss his unique perspective on personal growth and development. Reggie, good to have you on, sir. How are you today? Uh, Tavis, I'm doing well. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be on your show. Man, It's an honor to have you on. Thank you, brother, for the opportunity. Glad we have an hour, a whole lot to talk about. I've been fascinated by, uh, your approach to success. Um, I'm always, um, reading, uh, and studying those who have been successful as you have been, including your career as a former NFL running back and founder and president of uh, the Gala team. Uh, but I'm always uh, fascinated by the success of others. I think there are things to learn from the ways that others have done things in their various fields of human endeavor successfully. But what got my attention about your work in Witness is the way you approach the notion of success. And we got an hour. So, uh, you know, when it, we take your time. We'll move through this. You ain't got to speak in sound bites. So we're going to work this thing out. But I, but I want to spend the first half. We got an hour here. As I said, so I want to spend the first half sort of in a conversation about what I call counterpoint ideas. Uh, and uh, you'll follow me. Um, so let me just start and we'll 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 work this out. Uh, when, when we talk about the way you approach success, the way you encourage us to think about success uh, and our effort to achieve it. Um, there's a distinction between behavior and goals. We'll talk about behavior versus goals. We'll talk about self-discipline versus motivation. We'll talk about mindset versus environment personal responsibility versus external factors, short-term versus long-term thinking, individualism versus collaboration, hard work versus natural talent. I got all my notes together and I'm ready to go. How about you? I'm ready. Hey, all right. Shoot. Bye. Let's go. So um, when we talk about the way you see success or the way that we ought to approach it, um, talk to me about the distinction between behavior versus goals. Yeah, behaviors are all the
1: things that we have direct control over, and goals are everything else. So a simple example is, if everyone who's listening right now, raise one hand in the air, you know, raise your right hand or raise your left hand, or if you can't do that, blink your eyes three times. Those are behaviors. Those are things that are in your direct control. You can do them at any moment, at any time. You don't need the help of any other person to do it. You just, it's something you can do for yourself. Now I'm going to tell you, um I want everybody who 's listening right now to lose five pounds
0: <laughs> right that's, if if only yeah if yeah, i 'd about to say to take t- the words out of my mouth, if only I-, I would love to do it right now in this chair, yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly, and so the fact that we can 't lose five pounds instantly
1: means that it 's not a behavior, even though we tend to think that our weight is just a reflection of our uh, it is a reflection of our behavior, but we think our, our weight is in our control in the same way as raising our right hand when it's not. our Our weight is a goal that we have for ourselves, and goals tend to live outside of us. They're outside of our direct control, but we have influence over our goals through our behaviors, and we have to use the things that we control completely. Like, I control what food I put in my mouth. Mm-hmm. I control what I drink. I control what Um, how much effort I put in if I'm going to exercise and walk or lift weights. I I control whether I set my alarm to get up in the morning to go to the gym. I control whether I have an, an attitude of excitement about working out or an attitude of dread about working out. I control those things. Those are all part of my behaviors. And if I really start to get focused on my behaviors and just say, okay, I'm not – I'd like to lose five pounds, but I know that I can't snap my fingers and do that. But I do know that if I start eating more salads, if I if I drink water instead of sodas, if I start working out three days a week, those are behaviors that I have control over. And if I do those things, I have a lot of influence over my goal, and I'll lose those five pounds.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, let me ask then I, – I take that my point. Let me ask um, whether or not setting specific measurable goals – or focusing on behavior and habits is more effective in achieving success. I think you have to do both. Mm-hmm. I think that you definitely have to set goals that are
1: specific, that are measurable, that are realistic, um, all of that. But then, once you have set those goals, now you need to kind of push them off to the side and really focus on what are the behaviors that are going to get me there, because you're, you know, sometimes we think, well, I'm just going to look at my goals every day. I'm just going to look at my goals. Hey, my goal is to sell a, a, a thousand units of whatever this year. I'm, I am I want to sell a thousand units this year. Okay. I'm looking at that goal. I'm thinking about that goal, but you know what? I didn't go out and sell anything today. Well, tomorrow I'm looking at my goal. My goal is to sell a thousand units. Well, you know what? I didn't sell anything today either. Um, and so, you know, as opposed to Instead of focusing on that goal, you've got to take your eyes off that goal and start thinking what are the behaviors mm-hmm. that would help me achieve that goal so today I'm going to call twenty people and talk to them about um what their problems are and what what their needs are and how our product might be able to sell them today I'm going to have lunch with a potential prospect today I'm going to do this today I'm going to do because we only have our control of our behaviors in the moment, and I think Today, you know, technically, I think scientifically, it's something like we control, we live in like a two-minute present is what I I think I've read. Mm -hmm. But you can't plan your life two minutes at a time. So I tend to treat behaviors like a week-long thing. Like I feel like I can control my behaviors today. I can control my behaviors tomorrow. I control my behaviors this week. But that's it. Anything that's two weeks away from now Anything can happen between now and then. Mm -hmm. We think we have control because we put things on our day planner. Hey, we've got plane tickets. We've got hotel reservations. We've got a rental car reserved. We're going on vacation in two weeks. Well, who knows what happens? Mm -hmm. Somebody could get in an accident, and you don't go on that trip. A a global pandemic could hit, and you don't go on that trip. Anything can happen. We don't control the future. We plan for it, but we don't control it. Mm -hmm. And so really, I try to focus on what are the behaviors? What can you do today today? tomorrow and this week
0: that's going to move you in the direction of your goals. I thought about that old adage, uh, Reggie, when you were talking that we plan and God laughs. We plan (laughs) and God laughs. laughs. He's like, if you only knew. That ain't exactly how it's going to work out, Tavis or or, or Reggie or those those that are listening right now. So we plan, God laughs. I'll leave that where it is. When we come forward, just getting started uh, in this conversation uh, with Reggie Rivers uh, about uh, focusing on your behavior, not your goals. is just uh, Uh, The initial uh, issue that we've addressed, and that, that by by the way, is the title of his TED Talk, Uh, did a very popular uh, and powerful TED Talk called Focus on Your Behavior, Not Your Goals. But there's so many other uh, counterpoint uh, ideas that I want to uh, get uh, Reggie's take on as we move forward through this hour. You're listening to Reggie Rivers right now on KBLA Talk 15. We continue our conversation now with Reggie Rivers um, about new ways to think about success. Uh, new ways to think about achieving your goals. We just unpacked um, the distinct differences between your behavior and your goals. Now we move, Reggie, to self-discipline versus motivation. I know you routinely and frequently talk about the importance of developing positive habits and behaviors. You just did that before uh, that break a moment ago. But talk to me about the distinction between self-discipline versus motivation. Yeah, so so
1: self-discipline is, a real to me, it's a real focus on what you control, and so often we we get demotivated because we start focusing on all these things that we don't have control over. We all the economy is going bad. I'm, my business isn't going to do well. I'm, my my relationship isn't doing great because of this, that, or the other. My my kids aren't doing whatever, and we just we get so caught up in focusing on the things that we don't control that we we don't have any kind of self. Dis, we won't have a the self-discipline to really just focus on, here's what I control. And then self-discipline, once you get more focused on what's in your control, you become more and more motivated because you can see success every day in the things that you control. Um, I I talk about dieting a lot because I'm always doing it. We're all always doing Mm -hmm. it. It's something we all have in common. And so if I'm If I'm really focused on, I'm trying to lose weight, and every time I step on the scale, I have not lost any weight, well, that's a very demoralizing experience because I'm checking in on something that I don't have control over to see how I'm doing, versus if I say, you know what, I'm going to drink eight glasses of water today, and Mm -hmm. I start counting. I drank one glass, okay? I made a tick mark on my piece of paper. Now I've finished my second glass. I finished my third glass. I drank eight glasses that day. I go to sleep that night and I say, I did that. I did exactly what I said I was going to do, and that's the part that I have control of. And by focusing on this part that I have control over and being disciplined about the part that I have control over, it gives me motivation because I succeeded today at what I set out to do. And then the next day, you go out and you say, I'm going to have a salad for lunch. You have that salad for lunch, and you succeeded at that. You check that off and say, I did that. And so your your self-discipline, Feeds your sense, uh, your motivation, because you're constantly achieving things. And if you don't have self discipline, you're constantly demoralized because you're now measuring yourself Hmm. based on things that you don't have control over.
0: What what have you learned about mastering um, self discipline? It's it's an easy word to say, (laughs) hyphenated uh, nonetheless, an easy word to say, but more difficult to embrace as a lifestyle. What have you learned uh, about um, achieving? Uh, a, a level of self-discipline, because we all struggle with that, do we not? Oh, yes, we do. And I would
1: say that if I've learned anything, it is that we all struggle with it.
0: Mm-hmm. It is,
1: you know, it's something that we all aspire to do. I aspire, I try uh, hard to have self-discipline about various things in my life. And and the the biggest thing that I've learned is that you can be self-disciplined about anything that you decide to be self-disciplined about, the key is you have to decide to do it, mm. and and that's our problem. Sometimes we we want something to happen, but I kind of want it to happen, but I I'm not that committed to it. And you know, the minute you become committed to it, you, it'll it'll start to happen. And I think we see this sometimes in medical situations where, you know, you, you know, I'm I'm pre-diabetic. I, you know, I come mm-hmm. from a family of type two diabetics, and um and so. I know what I should be eating. I know that if I don't want to become a full-blown diabetic, here's what I should be doing. And I try to be self-disciplined, and I do um, some things right. But then I say, "Man, I want to go see a movie." Mm-hmm. And I know at the movie I'm going to get a big tub of popcorn, and I'm going to get a Slurpee, and I'm going to go <laughs> refill my Slurpee in, in the middle of the movie. Um, and and it's these moments where it's like, well, Reggie, you got to decide: do you want to be self-disciplined or do you not? And when I was in the NFL, I remember how I would handle those moments. I would try to make these moments as small as possible. I would try to say, okay, I really want to have popcorn at this movie, but that's not consistent with my goals. It's not going to move me closer to where I'm trying to go. So I'm going to say no to the popcorn just this one time. That's it. Mm-hmm. One time I'm going to say no. I'm not saying no forever. I'm not saying no if I come to the movies the next time. Just this one time I'm going to say no to the popcorn. And and so that's how I would try to get myself through these moments to just make them really small, to say, you yeah, know, I'm just turning down one Coke. You know, I'm just turning mm-hmm. down one hamburger. You know, I'm turning down one box of cookies. Yeah, I'm, turning, I'm just turning down one thing. This one time I can get myself through this one moment. And I found that uh, when I was when I was playing, when I was writing... Books. I published six books when I was doing, you know, various things in in business. That by focusing and trying to make these moments as small as I can, don't blow them up and say, "Well, for, henceforth and forevermore, <laughs> I'm never going to do this again." No, that's not true. You probably are. So just this one time, I'm going to skip it.
0: Yeah, uh, I was laughing when you when you, when you mentioned being pre diabetic. Uh, I was in to see my doctor a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about uh, a number of things, including this. Uh, I've come from a family where my grandmother uh, was a a diabetic, Uh, and I I, I was teasing him. I said, Doc, I said, why is it they use this phrase pre-diabetic? It it seems really silly to me. He said, how so? I said, if you ain't a diabetic, you pre-diabetic. We all pre-diabetic. If you're not a diabetic, (laughs) (laughs) then then it seems to me that we are all pre-diabetic. You run around scaring scaring everybody saying you're pre-diabetic. Of course you're pre-diabetic if you ain't got there yet, then you we're all pre-diabetics. But I digress. He fell out laughing, but I, he said, I never thought about it that way. I said, well, I just, it cracks me up. Uh, and again, I want people to be healthy, but we we scare people all the time. Uh, you're a pre-diabetic. Well, what else would I be? What, what, what else would I be if I hadn't gotten there yet? I don't want to get there. But that term, right. pre-diabetic, we're all pre-everything until you get there. But again, I digress. Let me move on uh, to my list <laughs> yeah. of things I want to get your take on. Mindset uh, versus environment. We're talking, in case you've just tuned in, about a new way to think about being successful. Uh, and that way is not to focus necessarily on the outcome, not to focus on the goals, but to focus on your behaviors, which will impact you getting to your goals. So my third item that I want to get Reggie's take on uh, on my list is mindset versus environment, Reggie.
1: Yeah, I, I think let's think about environment like in a very literal sense, the outside environment. Human beings are very adaptable. We can live pretty much everywhere on the planet, um, even below the ocean for a short period of time, um, even in the coldest climates, even the hottest climates, we can find a way to adapt and live there. And so we are able to adapt to our environment, so then how we feel is really just about our mindset. It, you know, the fact that it's cold outside, that's not the reason that I feel terrible or I'm upset or the fact that it's too hot outside or the fact that it's raining or the fact that it's whatever, because somewhere on the planet there's somebody who is excited and happy despite whatever the conditions are around them. And I think that's what I started to notice more and more like during my NFL career is that how is it that some of these players stay so focused? How do they stay so motivated? How do they, how do they maintain their discipline? How do they maintain their enthusiasm and I started to notice that they're a little bit impervious to their environment. They have something inside of them mm. that is setting their clock. And it doesn't matter. Do we get, are we behind in the game? Doesn't matter. They're not upset. They're still happy to be there. Happy to be in the stadium. Happy to, to have the opportunity to play in the NFL. They just got hit hard and had to be helped off the field. You know what? They're still grateful. They're grateful for their health. They're grateful that they get to play this game. They, they have a mindset about them. That's not so influenced by what happens to them or what's happening around them in life. Mm -hmm. And And it really is. I think it goes back to kind of what we were talking about earlier, when you really start focusing on what's actually in your control, it becomes easier to control your mindset. Like, few things are as aggravating to our mindset as our children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? we, we have dreams for our children. We have ambition for our children. We have desires for our children. We, we just want our children to do well, to be well, to be good people, to get educated, to go out in the world and, and do great things. And our children have their own minds. And they're like, yeah, your plan is not my plan. Mm-hmm. And we discover that in our children early, like at age one and a half. <laughs> They've already discovered that, yeah, my plan is not your plan. And few people can aggravate us as much as our, our, our kids, kids can. But even that, I think we have to think about, okay, what do I actually have control over as a parent? You know, I don't. I I had a Tavis. I had a a lesson with my son. He's now 19, mm-hmm. but he was four years old. He was in preschool, and I had to have the first like real serious conversation with him um, as a father. And I said, Malik, I need to talk to you about something really important. And he's like, uh huh, yeah, uh huh. I said, at school, your school has a three bite policy. He's like, uh huh, yeah, yeah. I said, and you bit two kids. He's like, yeah, uh huh. <laughs> That if you bite one more child, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, then you're not going to be able to go to this school anymore. Okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. I said, so I don't know if you're old enough to understand this, but you cannot bite any more kids. Uh-huh, okay, okay. So we had this conversation. Fortunately, it was close to the end of the school year. He made it through. He didn't get kicked out. But that was when I actually realized, I don't control this child. Mm. He has his own brain. He has his own muscles. If his brain... So it's his mouth, the bite down on the shoulder of the kid standing in front of him in the lunch line, that bite is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to show up after the fact. I'm going to be like the police. I'm going to put police tape around it. I'm going to interview mm-hmm. witnesses. I'm going to try to find out <laughs> what happened. But I can't intervene to stop that bite from happening beforehand. And so as a parent, I was like, wow, uh, A, that's frustrating that I can't do that. But also it's a little bit liberating because I realized, I'm not responsible for all of that. I'm responsible what is actually in my control. Mm. Well, I control my reaction. I control rewards. I control consequences. I control my consistency. I control my availability. I control a lot of things that are very influential toward my son's behavior. I control what level I respond to him. Do I do I respond to him at a level 10, or do I respond to him at a level 3? You know, I, I, I control a lot of things, and if I just... Start focusing on the part that I control, I can still influence my son. And so that, when we're talking about mindset and environment, you know, your environment is your kids. They're yeah. doing all this stuff and you feel like my kids are making me crazy. No, it's your mindset. You've got to reset your mindset and focus on what is it that I have control over mm-hmm. and how do I become more of a um, thermostat and less of a thermometer? Yes. A thermometer just tells you what the temperature is. A thermostat the temperature. We want to be mental thermostats that are set in our own temperature.
0: No, that's rich. That's rich. I was thinking, as you were talking about Malik being now 19, uh, about so many other 19-year-old black males, uh, certainly, uh, and females, who, to your point, um, cannot be, sadly, impervious to their environments. Um, Mm -hmm. You see where I'm going with this. One of our regular contributors, Connie Rice, was on this program weeks ago and made a point that I've been thinking about since she, since she said it, Reggie, and that is that for too many kids like Malik, uh, 19 years old or younger, um, their zip codes end up being their destiny. Their zip codes end up being their destiny. They don't have the luxury of being impervious to their environments, to those persons, uh, in the, uh, 90 seconds I had before we go to sports and news and traffic, what do you say?
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that there's, there's a a certain reality that we all live in. We live here in the United States and we are, you know, we speak English. We, you know, we're, we're impacted by our environment in some ways and some way more than others. But even to them, I would say, focus on the part that's in your control. Even in these terrible situations, there's part that's in your control and then there's a lot that's outside of your control. It's primarily a waste of time to, Really focus on the things that are outside of your control. Mm -hmm. What is it that you do control? What is it that you can do with your behaviors? And focus as much of your effort on that because that's the only way to get any incremental improvement in that
0: situation. We've already talked with Reggie Rivers about behavior versus goals, self-discipline versus motivation mindset versus environment, and when we come forward after news, traffic, and sports, we'll go straight to personal responsibility versus external factors. I must warn you uh, and tell you as a black man my entire life, I am tired of hearing the phrase personal responsibility because it always comes from the other side, and they always want to lecture us about being and behaving in personal responsible ways. Uh, I hate that term, and yet I want to hit Reggie's take on the distinction between personal responsibility versus external factors. When we come forward, with Reggie Rivers, who you're listening to right now on KBLA Talk 1580. I'm Tavis Smiley. Our guest in this hour is Reggie Rivers, founder and president of the the Gala team. Uh, And um, he is discussing with us in this hour the notion of um, considering a different approach to achieving success that doesn't, does not involve setting specific goals. We're always uh, uh, taught that if we want to succeed, you have to set goals. Well, that's true, but Reggie Rivers has a different way of processing Um, this notion of success and how we go about achieving it, it is a different approach, again, that does not involve necessarily having to set specific goals. We've talked already, in case you've just tuned in, you can always get the podcast of this conversation when it's posted later this evening if you've missed any of this. We've talked already about the difference between behavior and goals, the difference between self-discipline and motivation, mindset versus environment, and now we talk about personal responsibility versus external factors. Take it away, Reggie Rivers. Yes, sir. Well, I'll first of all say that the first
1: three things that we've talked about, they have a direct relationship with each other. Goals and behaviors um, are, have, are closely related. Self-discipline and motivation, self-closely related. Mindset versus environment, closely related. Personal responsibility and external factors are actually two different things. They're not two sides of the same coin. They're not connected to each other the way the other things are. Personal responsibility is, if, if we're talking to any group of, say, young black men, and you know, as I said, I have a 19-year-old son, mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to my son about his personal responsibility. I'm going to talk to my son about, regardless what the conditions are, there's, I want you to be responsible for yourself. I want you to make the best decisions that you can. I want you to put forth the best effort that you possibly can. That's what we, we want to tell all of our, our, our young black men and, and women and, and everybody, all young people. However, external factors are a completely different environment. That that these are policy decisions. These are these are um, legal provisions that, and infrastructure and things like that that need to be dealt with that impact what we can do, what we see, what we the way we react, the way we act. Uh, Tavis, let me ask you: You're from I think you're from Alabama, Mississippi? Close, 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 close. Oh, Mississippi, Mississippi. close by, yeah. Um, <laughs> if If you meet somebody um you meet somebody in their in their forties who is from Mississippi, can you recognize their accent
0: mm, I'm pretty good at it I'm, I'm I'm pretty good at it,
1: okay, so their accent is an external factor it is It is something that was imprinted upon them very early in their lives. They had zero opportunity to resist it
0: mm-hmm.
1: they as they heard people speaking around them, as they learned to talk they learn to talk with that accent external factors are like that that mm. we are are the zip code that we are raised in we things get imprinted upon us before we ever have a choice it's not it's not about personal responsibility it's not that the person in mississippi isn't responsible because listen to how she talks with an accent that's or the the young people who are in chicago who are um selling drugs and they are Shooting each other there you know these are people who've had this imprinted upon them at an age before they ever had a chance to even think about it that mm-hmm. and they've they've grown up in an environment where their the educational opportunities are poor, where the opportunity to do anything other than that uh, sell, say selling drugs and being successful is removed from them it's it's not it 's just not in their in their window of opportunity it's not something that they can see or or replicate uh, from the people around them. And so I think we have to be thinking from a a national and and local perspective, how do we change some of these things from a policy perspective? How do we change the external factors? But to conflate that with personal responsibility, I think these are just two separate things that have to be
0: dealt with separately. Yeah. I gave a speech, uh, Reggie, some years ago, uh, and you made me, I'd forgotten about it, and I haven't thought about it in years until you made your point now uh, about personal responsibility versus these external factors that we can do precious little about. And and the speech I gave years ago was really about how we help a generation navigate its way forward when so many of them are forced to surrender their life's chances before they ever know their life's choices. They surrender uh-huh. their life's chances before they ever know their life's choices. And your point now, about external factors, uh, specifically your point about um, Chicago uh, and, and there are any, any number of other cities you could have used, of course, not just Chicago. Other cities have the same challenges. Um, but I, 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 I fear and uh, f- for this generation, I, I'm concerned for them because, again, so many of them end up surrendering their chances before they ever know their choices. And it's all born of these external factors that they can do nothing about. It also reminds me of Warren Buffett who will tell you in a heartbeat um i've talked to him a couple times over the course of my career uh he's fond of telling people that he is who he is first and foremost because of the external factor he happened to be born in the us of a he's grateful for Uh that Uh, had he been born anywhere else uh, his story might not be the same but he understands and is willing to admit that the external factor of his being born in this country which he had nothing to do about being in that environment is what, in fact helped uh, shape the success that we now know uh, the Oracle uh, uh, has uh, the Oracle of Omaha has achieved over the course of these years. but i I just feel for these young people again, who have nothing to say or do about the external factors they face. And again, we go back to Connie's point, uh, our contributor, Connie Rice, that too often these kids have their destiny. Uh, end up being their zip code, or zip code ends up being their destiny. Yeah. But um, I digress on that point. Yeah. Let me move forward. Yeah, and I'm sorry. Go ahead. Pete. Yeah,
1: I wanted to, sure. Can I make one follow up on that? Um, I watched a, a YouTube video not too long ago. It was a it was about a, a black area where lots of people were jaywalking all the time, mm-hmm. and this civil engineer went in and he just looked at it and he said. Well, the problem is that it's not, and, you know, this argument was, well, these black people are lawless. They won't follow the law. They, they break even casual laws. They won't follow those. And a civil engineer goes in and says, no, there's an infrastructure problem here. The intersections are too far apart. There aren't sufficient crosswalks. Mm. If we want people to use a crosswalk. We should add them in some of these long areas where they're, because no one's going to walk a quarter mile up to get to the crosswalk when they can just go across the street. Or we have to build a bridge across. We have to build a tunnel across. And And so humans are going to travel and move around, and we but but because of their circumstances, infrastructure is a big part mm. of defining how we act and how we react to things and I think that for black people, we've been on the losing end of infrastructure for centuries, and I think that some of these problems are just endemic in in the design of our basic tr- uh, transportation infrastructure our the, the where our schools and police departments and fire departments are. And all of those are structural problems that, that aren't the young people who are coming up right now. They're, those aren't their problems to solve. That's things for us to solve with public policy. But we want them to be personally responsible for themselves. And we're going to talk to them about personal responsibility. But we have to, come to take ownership of the public responsibility
0: to create an environment where they can be successful. It's a powerful, powerful point. Since you mentioned Chicago, Exhibit A uh, would be the L in Chicago. For those who know Chicago, from Chicago, live in Chicago, you take my point. The L will only take you so far in Chicago. I digress. The Chicago one so exactly what I mean by that. The L will only take you so far. Uh, And so it it is uh, to the point that Reggie made a moment ago that oftentimes these external factors, including transportation, uh, impact of the lives that we live or don't. And the legacies that we leave or don't, I take uh, Reggie's point. When we come forward, we'll move to short-term versus long-term thinking. This is a good one. I can't wait to hear Reggie Rivers unpack this one. Short-term versus long-term thinking. In case you've just tuned in, we're talking about a different way in this hour to think about success. If you want to be successful, if you're success-oriented, maybe the answer is not setting specific goals, but talking more about your behaviors. And we'll talk when we come forward about the behavior of short-term term versus long term thinking. You're listening to Tavis Smiley and Reggie Rivers right now on KBLA Talk 15. Reggie Rivers, a lot of folks listening to this conversation right now. I want to read for you a a comment that was uh, shared with us uh, about a guy who uh, now has a violence interruption group. He's a former felon uh, for murder, but now runs a violence interruption group um, who said that he ended up in crime because he was a kid trying to take care of his mother and met a guy who told him uh, he uh, could make some quick money. Uh, told him about a way he could make some quick money. Uh, he also said, though, that, that if that same man had told him that he could made made uh, some quick money washing cars, he would have grown up, grown up rather, and owned a car wash. You take the point, do you not?
1: Yes, yeah. yes. And, you know, Bill Bill Gates started off as a child entrepreneur, uh, you know, messing around with computer codes at his school when he was in junior high and early high school. Um, and, and, you know, it was just ambition and trying to make a make something of himself and i think we see that in every community but the same opportunities aren't available to
0: everybody yeah it's just fascinating to hear someone actually say that if if somebody had told me as a kid that i could have made some quick money uh washing cars i would have grown up and owned a car wash instead they told me yeah. another way and i ended up in in prison um but uh, right. uh thankfully he is now running a violence interruption program so it's a beautiful thing um watching That's my good. time here three more areas i want to cover with you as we talk about a different way Uh, for you to think about success, not necessarily setting goals, but focusing more on your daily behaviors, short-term versus long-term thinking, Reggie Rivers? Yes.
1: So short-term versus long-term, I think the simplest analogy that we can all understand is you get in your car and you set your GPS for a destination. You've never been there before, but you know, that's where you want to go. And so you've set your GPS. Well, that's, that's like setting a goal. And it's important. You want that goal needs to be very specific. There's a specific place that you want to be. And, um, you know, your GPS is going to spit out and tell you, hey, here's how long it's going to take you to get there. After that, your thinking has to be relentlessly short-term. Mm-hmm. Your your focus has to be on the road right in front of you, on the stoplight that you're approaching, on the right turn that you're making, on the pedestrians that are on the corner. Like, you're driving this car with a relentlessly short-term focus but you are guided by your long term objective, your GPS is continually directing you toward um, your goal, and so that 's how we have to be with our with our goals and um, And when I say you know if you want to achieve your goals, don 't focus on them i don 't mean don't set goals I mean yes, absolutely set goals, but once you 've set them, now your focus has to become relentlessly Short term mm-hmm. and focus on your behaviors. Should I make a left turn here or a right turn here? Yeah. Which one of these is going to keep me on the path toward my goal? Oh, left turn. Okay. Um, I've got a Y in the road. Should I take the left Y or the right Y? Which one is going to get me closer to my goal? The one on the right. Okay, I'll take the right. And so you're you're thinking ab- about in the moment what you have control over, and but you're using your goal as your overall GPS objective.
0: Hmm. I got two more I want to cover. Let me cover one right quick, and when we come forward, we'll do the final one. The one I want to do right now is individualism versus collaboration, Reggie.
1: Well, individualism <laughs> is... Kind of the ethos of America. Hey, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps, and I think that's BS. No, um, nobody does that. Mm -hmm. It, it, It is. We are a community, and anything that you want to do in your life, you have to recruit people into your life. If you want to be the greatest salesperson ever, you've got to recruit customers. That's right. You've got to recruit manufacturers who are making the product that you're. You've got to recruit laws that make it legal for you to sell this product in the first place. You, you recruit. Um, you know, the FDA or what, the Consumer Protection Bureau that that tests your product to make sure that it's safe so that everybody can feel confident buying it. Like, there's so many people who are involved in your success um, to, to mm-hmm. think that any of us ever succeeds on our own is, is kind of ridiculous. Uh, when I was in the NFL, NFL is an incredibly team game. You can't be successful without your teammates. And so, you know, I now run a company. We have 20 people in my company. I think all the time... I can't be successful without them, and they can't be successful without me. And so how do we support each other in ways that are mutually beneficial that I'm helping them grow in their careers and their ambitions, and they're helping me achieve my goals, and we and we celebrate together and, and feel like we're part of this together, not that I've got some grand scheme and they're just cogs in my wheel. Mm. That's not true. They're my partners, and, and it's impossible for me to be successful without them.
0: That's rich. I was just saying to this audience the other day, uh, Reggie, uh, you mentioned Bill Gates earlier. I hate the term self-made, self-made this, self-made that. That's a horrible term because ain't none of us self-made. You didn't birth yourself. You didn't burp yourself. (laughs) You didn't bathe yourself. You didn't change yourself. You didn't educate yourself. We all are who we are because somebody loved us uh, or because we brought people, as Reggie said, into our circle. I digress when we come forward. uh, Hard work versus natural talent. You're listening to Reggie Rivers on KBLA Talk 1580. That's all we have time for is a little bit more with Reggie Rivers. But What a rich, rich, rich hour this has been in dialogue with Reggie Rivers uh, about – Uh, different approaches um, to achieving success that don't necessarily involve setting specific goals. Uh, If you've missed any of these, let me run through them right quick. And if you missed the conversation, you can always check it out on the podcast when it's posted later this evening. So we uh, have been told by Reggie Rivers that we should consider the following uh, if we want to rethink being successful, uh, not necessarily connected again to setting specific goals, behavior versus goals, self-discipline versus motivation, mindset versus environment, personal responsibility versus external factors, short-term versus long-term thinking, individualism versus collaboration, and in the three minutes we have left, hard work versus natural talent, Reggie Rivers. Yes.
1: So natural talent will allow you to rise to the level of equal talent, and then you will sink. And hard work is a requirement. And then you will sink. I love it. Okay. (laughs) And then you will sink. Yeah. And so I I saw this in the NFL um, where – the guys who make it in the NFL, they're obviously enormously talented. So they were the best players on their Little League team. They were the best players on their high school team, best players in college. They get to the NFL, they bump into equal talent for the first time. Well, now, once the talent is equal, everybody's the same. Mm. Yeah, your talent it, it becomes invisible. It's like, yeah, you're running the same speed as everybody else. You're just as strong. And so then, who has work ethic? And so that work ethic, who would learn to work hard, regardless whether they were working at their strengths or their weaknesses, who's developed the habit of just working hard? Well, then those guys continue to ascend, and everybody who just arrived there on their talent, they just sink and they're out of the league. And that will always be the case. Your talent will only take you up to
0: the level where people around you have equal talent, and then you will sink. Mm, that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an amazing point, uh, which which I've experienced in my own life, having quite thought about it in those terms. Let me ask you: in, in your work and in, in your study, what have you learned about why so many of us studiously avoid hard work? We all are looking for shortcuts these days.
1: You know, it's I think it's human nature, and it's the nature of all animals. You know. And, Every, Everybody is looking for what's the shortest path to get where I'm trying to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it's natural for us. If, it's, if there's an easy way to start a fire, I'm going to do that rather than the hard way. If there's an easy way to catch this food, I'm going to do that instead of the hard way. You know, All of this techno- technological advancement is designed to make our lives easier. Um, so I think it's just part of us, but we have to fight against that part to say that if I really want to achieve the things I want to achieve in life, I have to develop a habit of working hard at things, of continually learning, continually mm. reading, expanding my brain. What, who else can I learn from? It's mm. not just the people sitting up on the mountaintop that you can learn from. You can learn from everybody around you, yeah. of young people, of the person who's picking up your garbage, the you know, people who, are, who you might not look at as people who are going to teach you something. Mm. Everybody has something to teach you.
0: Reggie Rivers is the founding president of the Gala team. Uh, he was a two time Denver Broncos NFL Man of the Year in recognition of his civic engagement. So he didn't just start this post NFL, he was doing it while he was playing for the Denver Broncos as one of their running backs. Uh, and uh, what a great honor uh, to be engaged in this hour in dialogue with Reggie Rivers, getting us to consider uh, rethinking we the ways we do success, the way we achieve success, the way we go about achieving success, not necessarily setting specific goals, but focusing more on our daily behaviors, those things that we can, in fact, control. Reggie, I've enjoyed this immensely. As you can tell, my friend, thank you for the time. I really appreciate you. Travis, thank you so much. It's an honor. Honor was all mine. Trust and believe.